In February of 1940, a person named Eva purchased a postcard and popped a one-cent stamp on it. The postcard is posted for Lake Worth, Florida, down along the Atlantic coast of South Florida. On one side is a glorious image, half a dozen citrus trees with tall ladders stretching into their boughs and workers plucking the oranges, collecting them in boxes below. The grass is vibrant green, the sky is vibrant blue, the orange is vibrant orange. The fruit looks like sunshine gleaming from the palms of their hands. Along the top, small text reads, quote, Picking oranges in the sunshine state, end quote. Who knows why Eva decided on this card out of so many other options, but she did. She sent it north, back to New York, likely where she came from in the first place. The postcard simply reads, quote, Enjoying the Florida sunshine and swimming, end quote. Another postcard I found features a man on the back of an alligator, a photograph of Owen Godwin, the founder of Gatorland here in Orlando. On the back, the postcard is addressed to the writer's parents. Perhaps the writer went on a school trip down to Florida, maybe a Boy Scout trip. The postcard note reads, quote, We went to Gatorland today, and I got a real whip. Love, Brick. End quote. I'm sure Brick's parents were thrilled with the new weapon that their son had purchased when he returned home to West Virginia, where the letter was sent. That letter was sent in 1961. I have both of these postcards on my desk with me right now. I've even got some that were sent from outside Florida, and one has an all-time great joke on it. One was sent a very short distance. It was sent from Wildwood, New Jersey to Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, a few miles away. On the back, it reads the ultimate postcard sentiment. Quote, Dear friend, I only wish you could have been with us and saw how beautiful it all was. End quote. The sweetest, loveliest thing to send on a postcard, I think. On the front is the image of a crowded beach in New Jersey. The postmark on the back indicates that it was sent in 1910. The really funny joke is on a card from 1948 with Art of a Lovely Hotel on the front from Ocean City, New Jersey. On the back it reads, quote, I feel like a new penny enjoying the change, end quote. It's deeply, wonderfully charming how these cards made it from Pennsylvania down to Orlando where I bought them at an antique store. I will never know, but I'm grateful they're in my possession now. Another postcard, one of my favorites, is very hard to read. Based on carefully trying to get words out of the sentiment on the back, there's some very tight calligraphy, but I believe that the letter is discussing the marvels of Florida's weather. No surprise. It has a drawing of Flagler's Ponce de Leon Hotel in St. Augustine on the front, and it was sent from St. Augustine to St. Paul, Minnesota. What's remarkable about this postcard to me, however, is its date, March 8, 1912. This postcard in my hand, as I speak to you, is 111 years old. It was sent from Orlando to Minnesota a month before the Titanic sank. That is how old this piece of paper is. I've got it right here. This card, 111 years old, from before the Titanic to right here in your podcast. <laughs> it's remarkable. Somehow, someway, it has survived that 11 decades to wind up right here with us. All these postcards somehow wound up back here in a thrift store in Orlando, and now they sit happily alongside my old family photos and other thrifted treasures. I've long been fascinated with thrift stores and, and have found myself growing more fond in the last year or so. In that time, I've become an avid collector of VHS tapes. I have over a hundred now, and I love when the box has a sticker on it. Maybe it was a rental store at some point or in someone's private collection, and one day, for whatever reason, they let go of it, and however impossible it may be, it wound up in the happy home of an avid collector, me. 
Every time I find something like that in a thrift store, I can't help but be drawn to the path that the object took to wind up back in my hands. Whether it's a book, a VHS tape, a bumper sticker, a stamp, a brochure, a map, an article of clothing, a taxidermy gator foot, a viewfinder reel, a cookbook, an action figure, a pulp novel, or a postcard. It passed through who knows how many hands, survived decade after decade, and now it's mine. One day it will belong to someone else. Who? I don't know. Maybe a family member. Maybe someone who loves these things as much as I do. But that is the joy of thrifting. It is living, collectible history. That's what this season is all about. The amazing finds in the antique malls and thrift stores of our state. The wonderful Florida treasures I have found that unlock unique and surprising histories of our Florida. We're going to take a tour this season through the Wait 5 Minutes Antique Store. We're going to visit some old friends. We're going to find some new places on a path through history that these artifacts have sent us on. What we'll find there is some really fascinating and surprising stories, and we'll discover the quiet joy of collecting history at our fingertips. I'm Nick D'Alessandro, and this is Wait 5 Minutes, a podcast about Florida by a Floridian. This season, we're visiting the Wait 5 Minutes Antique Store, collecting some oddities and rarities from history as we go, and bringing a piece of history home with us. This week, just a few pieces of our collection, some postcards, of course. We'll dive into the history of those postcards in just a minute, but before we get to that, I want to share with you an antique that holds a very special place in my heart because it was actually a gift to me from a dear friend. Gabrielle Khaleesi, journalist for the Tampa Bay Times, gifted me this antique the last time I saw her. If you listened to my episode about the waters of Tampa Bay, you know that I went out on a boat from St. Petersburg into the water chatting about the local ecology. Well, that weekend, I crashed on the couch of the great Gabrielle Khaleesi and her fiancé, Anthony, who took very good care of me as I did my traveling independent journalist shtick. While there, Gabrielle gave me this gift, but I also got to appreciate the decor of her home, which is completely filled with other incredible antiques. So naturally, when I was planning this season, the correct person to call and start our conversations about antiques for this season was thrifting extraordinaire Gabrielle Khaleesi to tell me her thoughts on our shared hobby and how she found the gift she got for me in the first place. Here is Gabrielle. And I would love for you to tell me about this book and where you found it and and what and what it is. I will tell you all those things and more. Um, it is a book of recipes from Orlando area restaurants. Um, and it was compiled by one of the local um, newspaper women at the time. Uh, it's just like some of the places still exist and some of them do not. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a cookbook. Um, so it has like all your different meals, different entrees, desserts, that kind of thing. When you gave um, it to me, we read some of those recipes out loud and were, um, I would say perplexed by a large portion of them. I love an old recipe. <laughs> like I just, the way that people ate back then was it, so different. It feels we, like there's a lot uh, of cream of mushroom in a lot of the recipes to me. I think like cream of mushroom really, it does give sort of like the textural and flavorful oomph. Um, that one might be looking for the umami, the umami that uh, that any good chef is looking for. It, it, it has something. It does not have the visual kind of quality that I think people <laughs> are shooting for. But um, yeah, it, it's I, I I think that it's gonna be very interesting. You know, when people are finding a, a cookbook of ours of like a 2016 tasty recipes, um, you know. And, and they're saying, like, why is there so much cheese in this? Why is there so much sour cream? And then it's going to be a know. lot of like those BuzzFeed hacks where it's like you can cook six hot dogs on a fork if you need to. 
And it's like, okay. It's like, no, you, you, you shouldn't, but some people did. I guess you could. And so I think that's what some of those recipes are, that I think some of them are just like, that was what was popular at the time. Um, I think recipes are a great way of, of kind of like going back in, in history a little bit and seeing what people were doing. But th- this place where I found the cookbook, um, my fiance Anthony and I, we were in California. We were in Long Beach. This is actually the trip where we got engaged. So I, I'm like, was were we engaged the day before we got engaged? It's a huge <laughs> honor. It's a huge honor that a cookbook was purchased for me while you guys were on your engagement trip to California. <laughs> in the midst of our romance, we went to this this <laughs> bookstore that was um, just cookbooks. I cannot remember the name of the store and that's really sad but if you google like long beach i'll find it i'll see if i can find it the bookstore i believe is called kitchen lingo if you're ever out in long beach california go find yourself the old cookbooks there frankly i'm baffled at how the orlando cookbook even wound up so far away you know they they have them grouped in different categories like they're they're like you can see the modern day cookbooks that are basically just these gorgeous coffee table books, very colorful, lots of great photos, like more magazine-y than maybe like some of the, the cookbooks of the past. There was like an entire shelf dedicated to like not great diet books, like similar oh. to the vein of like Aubrey Gordon of like maintenance phase of oh my gosh. Um, cringe kind of diet books of the past and, and different like celebrity cookbooks had a shelf. Um, it was great. And then they had sort of a, a area of the store that was dedicated to regional cookbooks and that's where we found the florida stuff and it was just like okay this is all orlando history and um places and we were like this is this is so nick i think anthony was like we have to get this for nick the joy on his face when you guys gave it to me was so funny he was so (laughs) excited (laughs) i've been sitting on our shelf for a while (laughs) we're like next time we see him (laughs) i think it was like five months past that's amazing "Oh, oh my god it's time. It's time to give you the cookbook. And it is a very strange cookbook. There's some recipes that are from, like, Epcot and some from some of the hotels around here from La Maison Jardin, which is here in Seminole County. It's it's really an incredibly weird <laughs> little artifact. It brings me back to my childhood because a lot of these recipes were from the 90s, some of them from the 80s and places that were here when I was a kid and don't exist anymore. So sometime soon we're going to have to cook some of these interesting recipes for you and talk a little bit more about the history of this cookbook but i'm excited i would love to do a cooking season and unfortunately this cookbook might have to be the sort of 90s recipe that we're gonna have to unpack at some point on this show i promise we will do it but like i said gabrielle did more than find me this book her home is filled with incredible antiques which is an intentional design choice and she's looking for a specific thing when she goes shopping Yes. Okay. So the the vibe of our house is um, shrine to old Florida mm. vibes and a lot of color, a lot of like tropical things, like anything with a flamingo on it or in the shape of a flamingo, we have, <laughs> and that includes like a little dinner bell, a little spoon rest, actual plastic flamingo, neon flamingo signs. Uh, we just got a floor rug from Ruggable that's washable, um, and it has flamingos on it. So we're that. that you have a design motif. You have a design motif. We have a motif. Um, and also just like felt pennants. Um, so I'm like sitting here in my living room and I'm looking up and we have one for Sunken Gardens, um, which is great. Like we, we go on a lot of dates there. One for the Singing Tower in Lake Wales, which I mean, you know, Spook Hill. I know you're familiar. You know, you know um, my deep obsession with Spook Hill and, and Bach Tower Gardens. 
Yes, there's one for Edison's Winter Home where it's in Fort Myers, and I went there um, for like an elementary school field trip, as many Floridian children do. Um, and then one for Florida Silver Springs that has like the glass button and boats, and there's like a deer. Uh, there should be a monkey. I'm surprised there's not a monkey. No monkey. I, be, I feel like those are such a staple, though. Those flag pennants. Every antique store or thrift store you go to, I, f I feel like I'm seeing those flag pennants everywhere if you go into the, one of those stores for all for all these different locations around florida they're they're so great and it's wonderful because it's like you get to kind of see um this way that people advertise themselves like it fell out of fashion and it's unfortunate and I'm, maybe i should write a story about this or we should do an episode collab or something oh my this. gosh um, yes but the antiques are not all from stores. Some are personal to Gabrielle and her fiance, Anthony, like the patents by Anthony's great-grandfather and great-great-grandfather, both of which have been blown up into larger size and hang on the wall as a prominent feature of their living room. They are magnificent and personal, which is part of the great joy in collecting antiques and even recreating antiques from your own personal history to be a part of your home. We have a lot of old citrus labels like both in poster and like print form but also throw pillows that have um old citrus labels on there because i just love them interestingly enough one of these pillows it has like the gasparilla brand um orange grapefruit and tangerine label and it says the lee company uh incorporated of tampa and i actually ended up doing a story on like the descendant of the lee company oh um this, this this woman who was like a librarian at the university of tampa um, and she was such a, a Tampa woman that like her family members, literally their faces were, uh, their likenesses were captured in some of these citrus labels and things like that. So oh I remember we were talking about that and she was telling me about some of the designs and I was like, I have your family's uh, citrus label on my couch right now. So <laughs> anything that is like postcard-esque, we have a lot of framed postcards, a lot of blown up postcards. Yep. Anthony's from Cleveland, so we have some of those um, sort of for, for his side, it's not just Florida, um, but this stuff makes great decorations, makes great gifts, and there's a lot of places around here um, where you can either go and thrift or find like curated sort of great vintage stuff, but then also the print shop that, that you mentioned, 5801 Print House, um, it's these two young women in their early 20s who are not from Florida, but they moved here, fell in love with it, love sort of like the old Florida nostalgia aesthetic and they make really wonderful screen printed t-shirts and uh, felt pennants and prints and all, all sorts of great souvenir tote bags. Um, so it's cool that they have like all these different Florida cities and especially like St. Pete stuff. But also if you go to Rainbow Springs or you go to St. Augustine or gift shops by our beaches here, like they have done uh, modern souvenirs for those tourist attractions in the style of sort of that like mid-century um aesthetic so it's very it. very cool well what are i mean i i believe there was one specific place that you mentioned that you like to go thrifting but i can't remember the name of it it was yes okay vintage marche that's it. um Okay, just for clarity's sake, I want to tell you the name of this place before we go forward because it is a French name. It is the Vintage Marche, M-A-R-C-H-E. There's a little accent on that last E. It literally translates from French to English to mean Vintage Market. It is what it says on the tin. And according to Gabrielle, it's the best of the best, and I also think it's a perfect representation of the obsessive behavior of antique collectors like Gabrielle and me. We're very pedestrian. We're very... You know, it's our hobby. There are people who collect antiques with a fervor, and apparently those sorts of people really love the vintage Marche. It's all, all great things. It's curated, 
um, vintage stuff from last, I did a story on them. I think it was like last summer when they moved to a new location. Um, and when we like had last spoke, the owner had told me, I think they had 30 different bees, they call them because the bee is their symbol. Um, and the bees are the vendors and each of them, you know, they, they all have different ways of curating sort of their section of the market. Um, and so some of them go to estate sales or they travel around town. They're finding mid-century furniture. They're finding weird, like, Florida stuff. There's non-Florida things, too. Like, we found a lot of great, like, Pittsburgh and Pittsburgh Steelers things right. um, for our house because that's very important to us and um, Anthony's family especially. So, like, we wanted to have, uh, like, all, all kinds of, of things. Every time we go there, we'll, we'll, we'll try to look for things that have a personal touch. It's also a great place to find gifts because it's huge. It's this giant warehouse. Um, originally, it was in the Warehouse Arts, Arts District of St. Petersburg, and originally it was called um, the Brocont Market, and then that closed, and one of the vendors purchased it and kept it going, made some tweaks, but they moved recently to... Um, a part of St. Petersburg, like close to the Skyway Bridge. It's also close to Skyway Jacks, where where you took us, and we oh, had that great breakfast. <laughs> I love Skyway Jacks. I was just wearing my Skyway Jacks shirt while I was cooking dinner. And I was like, "This is my line cook outfit." It's my, <laughs> I feel like I feel like I'm working at Skyway Jacks when I wear my Skyway Jacks T-shirt. Skyway Jacks. I must interrupt to tell you, if you have never been, it is a breakfast joint not far from the Skyway Bridge in St. Pete, the bridge that crosses over Tampa Bay. It is filled with Pittsburgh Steelers memorabilia, and it has some of the best and most unusual greasy breakfast meals you could eat. If you head over there, I must recommend the breakfast pie. Trust me. Just, <laughs> just trust me. We have gone to Skyway Jacks so many times since you took us there. I'm so um, glad. I'm so glad. Great. I get the, the Philadelphia Scrapple every time, which oh is my a, God. a beautiful sausage cornmeal mush. Uh, it's hideous. And I get grits, oh, so and good. I get over-easy eggs, and it's just like a lot of melty mushy textures. I'll I'm eat it until I'm very old and don't have teeth. I'm so hungry. You're killing me. I want to go to Skyway Jack so bad. When you come see us. I come back and so I'll be like, hey, nice to see you guys. Can we go to Skyway Jacks? Uh, anyway, it's in a new location by Skyway Jacks. Yes. Okay. So the Vintage Marche is in, it's in a strip mall. It's next to an Aldi. Um, and it's, it's nice because there's air conditioning and there's really nice bathrooms. Um, and you, you go, it's the first Saturday, Sunday, and Friday evening of each month. Now, Friday evening, that's kind of the early bird uh, time. And so you have to buy a ticket ahead of time to have access. And the thing is, like, there's, there's people that are, like, casual browsers, such as myself. Like, yeah. I'll go, I think the best time actually is a Sunday morning. You would think that it's picked over, but they actually keep a bunch of stuff in the back. And then as things are taken away, they find more stuff and they bring it in the back. So you could go Friday, Saturday, Sunday and see something different you know, each yeah. time period. Um, Sunday is the most chill time. If you want to like experience the rush though, Friday, um, right when the market opens in, in the afternoon, kind of early evening, that is when the diehards come and they will line up and they will travel from other parts of Florida because they do a Facebook live preview. I think it's the Wednesday before the market opens. Um, and the owner, Paul, he'll just like walk through and it's like okay here's what we have and he's he's just showing and like doing a pan of of this kind of space because every month when you go for that first weekend it's completely rearranged that's so unbelievable it's this is why it's only once a month because they want it to be really special they want it to be really curated 
um, and they want it to feel like a surprise every time you go, I will go and like the prices are actually really reasonable. Um, but I will go and like, it's hard to walk out of there without spending at least 50 bucks because you'll yeah. find a bunch of stuff that you really like. But there's also really gorgeous mid-century furniture. There are um, really unique antiques. There's a lot of stuff like very like old farm equipment kind of stuff that is, is popular for some reason. Um, not my vibe, but that's okay. Um, like I said, a lot of Florida stuff, a lot of uh, like old Disney and like cartoon character sort of things. We have this like stuffed Garfield that we got from their toy section and it, it, he has a little apron on. Um, oh yeah, I saw, he, I remember him. I loved him. Yeah, he has a little chef's hat and like a spoon is in his hand. And what says, an inspiration. My kitchen, my rules. Um, <laughs> so it's just really cool. And it's a fun place to take people um, who are coming from out of town because it's a great exercise that's like indoors. Yeah. And like I said, air conditioned, which is very, very important in the summer when you're like, okay, I want to show someone from out of town something unique, but not like something where they could go to any city and see this. Right. Um, this so is it's, like, it's, I want you to come to Orlando so I can take you to my antique mall. And I want to go to St. Pete on a weekend so I can go to your antique mall. Like it's, it's that, that's just who we are. <laughs> We're like, Hey, you know what someone in my life needs to see this giant building full of old stuff. Come see my old stuff. <laughs> Please. Why, why do you think that is? Why, why do you think it? I mean, I'm sure th I know that other people who work in writing about history or journalism in general love to collect historical stuff. What, why, why do we do that? What do you think that is in us that draws us to these things? I will tell you, as a, a woman in her 20s who was not alive for Web City, the crazy, like, uh, world's strangest drugstore in St. Petersburg that has now become, like, tourist attraction uh, that I would visit if I had a time machine. I was not alive for, um, you know, Cypress Gardens at its peak right. and, and to see the water skiers and stuff. Do I have a lot of Web City and Cypress Garden stuff in the house yes because i think that stuff is magical and i think that it's really cool and also like these tourist attractions from the past specifically are like my bag everyone has their own kind of um thing that they gravitate towards for some people like they absolutely adore the mid-century furniture other people it's like they love glassware or they love um you know anthony for example he's really into those cups that have like the lead paint on it with uh -huh. different like uh, you know, McDonald's characters and things on it, things like that, <laughs> where it's, it, everyone has their own kind of like interest and it's very fun to go with people and see what they are drawn to. And it's very fun to shop for people. But I think from like a historic standpoint, like there is kind of just also this wonderful fantasy quality and a lot of, especially Florida souvenirs and, and Florida artifacts where before Disney, during Disney, after Disney, we're all trying to like sell this idea and this dream um, and this wonder to people that will come and, and, you know, they're they're on island time, they're on vacation mode and they're ready to spend, right? And so it's like, it's cool to see the ways, you know, much like with these restaurants that we were talking about and, and these old recipes, how that was how things were done then, you know? Um, and it, it gives us a sense for what it was like to, to live then and also to be like sold to then. I mean, we joke about things that are like Florida core now, like our lawyer billboards or things that you see like on the side of the road. And like, those are funny sometimes, but I don't know that it necessarily has like the same like aesthetic quality, the same beauty and, and like loveliness that some of these older Florida antiques 
really have. Like I'm looking right now at this beautiful um, vintage Marche found print that we have over our fireplace and it's like the Coconut Grove Arts Festival 1986 and it has that kind of like really soft pastel 80s color palette but the the writing is kind of this like art deco type face and it's just like I look at that I've never been to the Coconut Grove Arts Festival but I feel amazing looking at that that's like such a vibe um and I also think that a lot of people our generation uh are very like vibes driven I mean we look at like (laughs) the the different cores and aesthetics like um the if you go on TikTok and it's like, are you fairy core? Are you cottage core? Right. I'm Florida core. And I think a lot of people are Florida core. I love that. That's, hey, you hit the nail on the head. I, th- I think it's talking about being able to like have a piece of something that predates us is exactly what I think draws us all to that. Whether you're an avid collector who shows up at the opening minute of an antique market waiting for your curated collection, or if you collect one specific thing like Gabrielle with her old Florida aesthetic and Anthony with his McDonald's cups or me and my VHS tapes, it's the joy of collecting something that has survived. Maybe something you didn't get to enjoy from the past, bringing it to the present. It feels like nostalgia, but not quite because nostalgia means that you want to go back to that time. But for me, it is enjoying these things in the present. That's why I like thrifting. It feels like a thread straight from the object in your hand into the past. It's the same reason I love museums. You get to witness history face to face, right? But this time you get to keep it in your home. Sometimes it feels like generations of Florida history are surrounding me as I write because of all the things I have around me on my shelves, and that makes me feel very comforted in a weird way. That's why I collect, and that's why postcards sit next to my desk as I write. They're beautiful, certainly, but they also remind me of the way that people have talked about Florida, the way that people were inspired to come down and visit this place from generations past. The same old Florida aesthetic that Gabrielle has a fondness for in her collecting, We talk about how that aesthetic is so important to us and how fascinating it is reading it now. It's like I have a lot of paper content from Florida history. I don't know why, but I I just love having older documents, especially like the way we used to write about stuff really, really attracts me. I just think that the copywriting in some of these older advertisements specifically, unreal. Like I was just doing a story like the the hundredth anniversary of the St. Petersburg Shuffleboard Club, oldest and largest in the world, they say, um, is is coming up in early January, and they've already kind of started with their centennial celebrations. And I found this old uh, advertisement, and it's like, you have not lived unless you have played shuffleboard here and it's like this will rejuvenate you this will heal your soul and it's like this is so intense (laughs) i know it's it's so funny the way that the language is uh like like really desperately trying to get you there like especially with the citrus stuff from like the 30s and the 40s where it's like get a piece of sunshine through the horrible winters you know what i mean like it's like get come come down to the place of paradise here in florida it's so intense <laughs> in a way it's that like, i really enjoy it is not a piece of fruit it is like life itself this will it is... keep you alive this is it <laughs> yes it's like pure magic paradise those postcards are a perfect representation of that and let's talk about why i have one postcard collection that i did not mention and i'd like to show it to you now as much as i can through the audio medium i will have pictures for this on the wait five minutes instagram at wfm pod 
This postcard, as far as I can tell, was never sent, but some of my friends found this, Sam and Tim, and they gave me this collection of postcards recently, knowing who I am as a person. It's almost like a book of postcards, more like a collection of paintings strung together in like an accordion fold. So I will unfold it so you can hear. It's got this envelope up top, and it sort of, it sort of opens like an envelope on the top, and then you just drop these postcards out, and it's... One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. It's ten of these little postcards, and then you flip it, and there's more on the other side. And it's just gorgeous. Beautiful, high-color, very high-quality pictures. I love it. It's like a dozen sheets of specific locations. There's Bach Tower Gardens, and I think there's one of Lake Yola or another lake here in Orlando. But there's also paintings of nature, flowers, sunsets, and moonlight, palm trees, Florida nature glowing from these classic paintings. They are something to behold, and back when this was printed, which is the 1930s, you could send this whole envelope of paintings. There's even like a little slit where you can sort of fold it like an envelope. You can kind of tuck it in. And then you, I'm doing ASMR, <laughs> tapping, <laughs> vintage postcard tapping video for you guys. But that it's, it's got such a, I'm so glad that this exists because it's so tactile and unique and not like a traditional postcard. It's a bunch of postcards. And what's also special about this thing is if you unfold it and open it, it's got some writing on the inside that I would like to read to you. So here is what it says on the inside. Florida, the tropical wonderland. Come to this beautiful and interesting state. Its climate makes it a haven of escape from cold in winter. Its hundreds of miles of seashore, its thousands of silvery lakes, its many picturesque rivers, its millions of fertile acres of land, its splendid communities, large and small, combine to make the word Florida a magical symbol. Florida, the state of health, and happiness. See? They're like, please, we'll heal you. We have everything. And then there's this great poem that I'd like to read for you. I don't know who wrote this poem. The flame vine clings to the verdant trees. Bright poinsettias nod in the fragrant breeze. Lovely bougainvillea, both purple and red, while lilies and hyacinths appear a solid bed. Gorgeous azaleas flaunt their colors in the air. Serious and tongue oil blooms that are rare. The red hibiscus, brilliant vivid flowers, and sweet magnolias make many scented bowers. The flushing oleander and poinciana tree, sights of beauty worth going there to see. Orange and grapefruit, unnumbered bloom. Each bud is a cup of rare perfume. It's very true. I was going to say it's a very flowery poem, but that's a bit on the nose, don't you think? <laughs> But it's just great. I just love it. It's it's magnificent. The copyright on the document on the back here says 1936. So that's important for a lot of reasons. Florida in 1936 was coming out of the Great Depression that had been devastating for the state and the country at large. We were beginning to be more of a military state. There would be different branches of the military that were building bases here on our coast. That would be very useful for our economy when World War II came around. We were searching for an identity, however, and we didn't really have one. In the 1920s, we had a massive land boom, bringing people down to Florida to build and develop land, but that bubble popped, which sent us into the Great Depression before the Great Depression actually hit the rest of the country. Our economy was in free fall. As the 1930s came around and Franklin Roosevelt pulled the nation out of the economic doldrums with the New Deal, Florida worked to figure out who we were. 
What began in the 1930s is what many people call the birth of modern tourism. Don't just winter down here. Don't come here and build your mansions. Come stay in a hotel. Spend a week. Take in the sights. Relax on the beach. Enjoy yourselves. And it wasn't just for the rich. It was for everyone. More and more people had cars and they could take the burgeoning highway system to come down and visit places like our Florida beaches. It wasn't just for the Henry Flagler's of the world to come and recuperate while the winter weather affected the north. It was for everybody. The cities were developing like Miami and tourism dollars helped that come to fruition. Advertising was a huge part of how that worked. And these postcards like the one here, they were a part of the project. This postcard in particular was made by a postcard company in Chicago, Kurt Tyke and Company. That is Kurt T-E-I-C-H, Tyke, Kurt Tyke. Founded and run by Kurt Tyke Sr., a German immigrant, this company developed full-color postcards that were massively popular at this time. They presented vibrant color and language, enticing the recipient to come see for themselves. He had been making postcards since the end of the 19th century, but in 1931, those colors were his calling card. Smithsonian Magazine says of Kurt's style, quote, His linen-style postcards depicted an optimistic view of America, creating a unique record of national tourism and documenting the U.S. landscape from its smallest towns to its grandest natural wonders, end quote. They use the term linen style because if you look at these postcards like the one I have, they have texture to them, almost like a lined pattern, like they were printed on fabric. It made them warm and gave almost a homemade look to all of these postcards. But alongside that distinctive art style, Kurt is best recognized for introducing a specific advertising language. You see, back in Germany, postcards would use this phrase, Gruß aus. I have not learned German since I nearly failed it in college. Trust me, you don't want me to speak German, but I believe it's Grus Aus, G-R-U-S-S-A-U-S, Grus Aus, which literally translates to greetings from. So Kurt translated that to English and put that on his iconic postcards. Greetings from California, greetings from the Grand Canyon, greetings from New Orleans, New York City, Florida, greetings from Miami. This style became so popular that it is now just ubiquitous when we imagine old-fashioned marketing. Picture a classic style. Greetings from Florida. That, that is iconic. Greetings from started with Kurt and became the standard for advertising in this time. It is still an icon. His company would put beautiful paintings in these big blocky letters. It was such a specific style and it worked so beautifully. It made them pop with style and color. The boldness made them last. And in these postcards, Kurt Tyke rewrote the visual language of tourism. His company back in 1936, they printed the very postcard set that I have with me now. Most of his original designs can be found in the Newberry Library in Chicago, a collection that I would love to see in person. And though Kurt is buried in Illinois, he passed away in 1974 at the age of 96 on the east coast of Florida. It brings me joy to imagine Kurt spending his last years of his life enjoying the same Florida sights that he brought into the imaginations of people all over through his magnificent, vibrant postcards. So the next time that you're wandering a thrift store looking for your specific thing, maybe you're at Vintage Marche and maybe they've got some postcards, or maybe you're visiting whatever local thrift store you have wherever you are, and if you stumble upon a stack of postcards, be sure to flip them over and read the back. Maybe someone long ago wrote with love about their vacation to their friends and family back home, a beacon of affection from decades past. 
And also, be sure to look real close at the bottom corner. Look for that name, Kurt, Tyke, and Company. You might just be holding a piece of history. That's what this season is all about. I've got a few more pieces of history that I'd like to share with you and find all of those forgotten stories hidden in our antique stores. Oh, and one more thing before we go. Gabrielle and I have a sales pitch for you. Before I let you go, um, is there anything, is there a book maybe that people would be interested in purchasing for the holidays? It's a book about maybe a state that we both live in and perhaps have some feelings about that maybe people should buy for the holidays. Do you have any recommendations for that, Gabrielle? I do. If you or a loved one owns a coffee table and it is a little naked, might I recommend Florida, a hyperlocal guide to the flora, fauna, and fantasy of the most far out state in America, published by A24, uh, created by us. Sound, that sounds like a pretty good book. I bet the people who contributed to it are really charming and interesting people and, and really care about Florida. I bet, I bet listeners to this show would be interested in picking up a copy for the holidays. Let me tell you something. Nearly 600 pages, full-color photographs, a slice of paradise. You haven't lived unless you've read Florida, hyperlocal guide to Florida and fantasy of America. Why did we get to go on QVC and shell, sell this book? We, I feel like we would have really crushed it with this sales pitch that we late. got. It's not too late, QVC. There's, give us a call. There's still time. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Wait 5 Minutes. I am so glad that you are here. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider leaving a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, or follow and share the show on Instagram or Facebook at WFMPod. You can also send me an email at WFMPod at gmail.com. I look forward to hearing from you. Thank you very much to our dear friend Gabrielle Khaleesi for taking the time to chat with me just a few days ago for this episode. You will be hearing from her again later on this season because she has a very interesting piece of thrifted material that matches a piece of antique that I have. So we'll be talking about that a little bit later on this season. But I also must shout out Gabrielle's incredible writing that she does for the Tampa Bay Times. Here is a story that she wrote recently that she's very proud of, and I'll include a link to a few more. She did a story about a mother-daughter punk pairing. They have this sort of shared history through music. I'll include a link to that. But here's one story that Gabrielle recommends you check out. Are you familiar with Burns Steakhouse in Tampa? Yeah, I am. Um, have you ever been to the dessert room, the Harry Waugh dessert room? No. It's actually, it's a floor. It's like the only floor dedicated to dessert. You go upstairs after your dinner, and then it's this beautiful, dark, like red, dim um, kind of room that has these private booths for dessert made out of these aged redwood wine casks. And then in the room, you can hear this beautiful piano, but there's like one part of the room that actually has like the piano player and, and six kind of even tinier private booths pointed at him. Um, and like since 1967, Bird Steakhouse has had uh, a piano player or accordionist. They don't do the accordion anymore. But anyway, I, I profiled the guy that's been playing piano at the dessert room for the last 20 years, 23 years actually, two decades. Um, and I also wrote about the history of the dessert room and, and Bird Steakhouse, which that is just rules. like, just it, it was a lot of fun. I got to go, uh, I ate baked Alaska good time can't complain go read that story it's in a link in the episode description thank you to gabrielle all the music used in this episode was originally composed 
All right, folks, that is it for me this week. Next week, we are going in search of a bumper sticker that tells us a little bit about a forgotten piece of Florida's citrus history. No surprise, a lot of conversation about citrus. Tune in next week for that story about that bumper sticker. And until then, be good to yourself, be good to others, drink more water, and go gator and muddy the water. Hope you're enjoying this November weather. I know that I am. See you next week.